0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus climbs up on a mountain, overlooking the crowds. And his disciples come to him, and he begins to teach them. And so these teachings, which go on for three chapters, come to us to be known as the Sermon on the Mount. In the beginning of this Sermon on the Mount comes a list of blessings now known to us commonly as the Beatitudes. And that word beatitude in English sounds like two words, be and attitude. However, it's important as we get into the text to remember that really nothing in these Beatitudes has to do with attitudes. The word beatitude is just another word for being blessed. In fact, in the Eastern Orthodox Church, they sometimes use that term, beatitude, as a title for their bishops, Beatitude just means blessed one, blessed one. And so the Beatitudes that we get in Matthew chapter 5, it's simply a list of who are blessed in God's kingdom. Who are the blessed ones in God's kingdom? And so it's, this text has been kind of misread and misapplied for centuries. And I think people have missed so often the spirit of what Jesus is saying In Matthew chapter 5, because Jesus is not giving us a list of virtues to aspire to here. He isn't telling us, become poor in spirit, become a mourner, become meek, become hungry for righteousness, and so on. In fact, Martin Luther, who loved this chapter and he loved preaching on this chapter in the Beatitudes, said that these verses were some of the devil's favorite verses. And he said this because in his day, he saw people read the Beatitudes as a way to earn God's favor. He saw that people were reading these verses and they were becoming monks and nuns to separate themselves from the world in order that they might become these things so that God would bless them. And Luther believed that this was a distortion of what Jesus was really saying. In fact, he said these Beatitudes are first and foremost about the comfort of God's promises. They're not about new behaviors for you to pursue. They're not meant to be read as conditions for a transaction. You act this way, and then God will bless you in this way. And so these are really all about who God is blessing by the coming of Christ into the world. Who is God pursuing Well, God's pursuing the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, the persecuted, the reviled. These are the people that Christ has come to save. And what do these people have in common? Well, these people are not people of high status in the world. These are not people of great achievement. You might remember, going back to your school days, the dread of being the last picked in a game of dodgeball and PE class, or being the last picked for a scrimmage at practice. And that feeling, of course, of being the last pick is one of the most dreadful feelings in the world, right? You're not seen as valued. It makes you feel forgotten in this world. And so to read the Beatitudes correctly, I think it's important to feel that feeling, or to at least sympathize with that feeling. Because that is often how the poor in spirit, the mourners, the meek, and the peacemakers feel in this world. That is, that they are alone in a world that values all the things that they are not. And so when Jesus says, blessed are those people, he is saying, God sees those people. God sees you. When Christ comes He is coming for the unseen and the ignored. He's coming for the lonely and the forgotten. So what Christ does then is that he offers a promise to these people who are so often forgotten, overlooked, or ridiculed in the world. He says that these people will possess the kingdom. They will inherit the earth. They will receive mercy. They will be comforted. They will see God. They will be called children of God. Their rewards will be great in heaven. And there are no conditions in this list. Jesus doesn't say, if you act meekly, then you'll inherit the earth. Instead, he states it as a kind of reality that it is. This is who is inheriting the earth. This is who will seek God, and so on. These are meant to be read as unconditional promises. And Jesus makes these unconditional promises because he himself makes these promises true for us. Each of the blessed states that Jesus lists here in Matthew 5 is a state that Jesus lives out for us, that he fulfills for us. When we read the Gospels, we see that Jesus is the true peacemaker. Jesus is the one who is meek. Jesus is the one who is truly pure in heart. He is the one who is reviled. And he has all the rights to share the kingdom with us and to bring us into the presence of God. And so because Christ has lived a perfect life, because he has been the reviled one in this world, we can trust that his promises will apply to us, that his word is true. And so the good news of the Beatitudes is that all these blessed promises are true for you. So maybe you don't consider yourself meek, right? Maybe you're kind of loud, maybe you talk a lot. Maybe you don't consider yourself a mourner. Maybe you don't consider yourself pure in heart. Maybe you're not persecuted for following Jesus. But Remember, this is not a list about how to live. This is a declaration of what God is doing for us in Jesus Christ. He is making all of these promises true for us. On the other hand, maybe you do recognize these states in yourself. Maybe you are one who is mourning or or who has mourned. Maybe you are hungering for righteousness. Maybe you are meek. Maybe you are merciful. Or maybe in this world, you just feel like the last picked. You feel like no one sees you. You might realize that so much of the world is changing and it's out of your control. Maybe you don't hear from your kids or grandkids as much as you would like. Maybe you're struggling financially or emotionally. Maybe you're struggling with some physical ailment. Maybe you struggle to believe at all and have a hard time coming to church. Maybe school is difficult. Your teenage years are challenging. In all of those cases, in all of those difficulties, the promises of the Beatitudes are meant for you. These are the promises given to all of those who trust in Christ. These are meant to be gifts for everyone who doesn't quite feel at home in the world. And if we're honest with ourselves, there are times where none of us feel at home in this world. There are times when we all feel alone and forgotten. There are times when we know that we're powerless. There are times where we're certain that we're failures. We are all subject to the brokenness of this world and the brokenness of our own hearts. But Christ wants you to hear that these promises are for you. He wants you to know that you will be comforted. You will be filled with good things. He wants you to know that you have a place in God's kingdom, that you will see God, that you will receive your reward in heaven. And so Jesus wants you to live courageously in this world, not because you're going to have it all figured out, not because it's all going to make sense and be easy, As Jesus notes here, living as a Christian in this world is never going to be easy. But he wants you to live courageously in the knowledge that these promises await you. They're sure. They're unconditional. These are the things that Christ has won for you. And that's how he wants you to get through your days. Trusting that his word is true for you. Trusting that these promises apply for you. And so he invites us to trust in his word of promise more than everything in this world. That's what we see in the Beatitudes. We don't need to trust in the riches of the world. We don't have to forget our mourning or our grief and try to be happy for the sake of getting along in the world. We don't have to be harsh and ambitious. We don't have to try to be contentious in order to earn a powerful status in this world. Jesus is telling us that none of that really matters. What really matters is that you are seen by God. You are so loved by God that he sent his son for you so that trusting in him, you might have life. Bonhoeffer writes of the Beatitudes, clearly there is one place and only one, and that is where the poorest, meekest, and most sorely tried of all men is to be found, and that's on the cross. The fellowship of the Beatitudes is the fellowship of the crucified. With him it has lost all, but with him it has found all. From the cross there comes the call, blessed, blessed. Where do we find comfort when we are forgotten? Where do we find comfort when we mourn? Where do we find comfort when there seems to be no place for us in this world? Where do we find mercy when no one else has a word of mercy for us? Where do we find the kingdom of heaven when this world offers us so little of lasting value? Well, the gospel gives us one answer, on the cross. We find the blessings in Jesus Christ crucified for us. The cross is the promise that he has seen you. He has not overlooked you. The cross says to you that there is no expectation of you except to receive what God has done for you. That's what makes you blessed. You are overseen so often in this world. You are so forgotten. You are often alone. You often feel that brokenness. But trust in what Christ has done for you. Because trusting in him is what makes you truly blessed. Amen.